Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking for the best book written by Joyce Carol Oates. Now, Nick, what's your favorite Joyce, Joyce Carol Oates? Oh, they're all so good. Um, yeah? What's your favorite, though? Right, just give me a Had second. you ever heard of her before you, you forced us to read these books by her? She, <laughs> um, I think it's her birthday. It is her birthday. Happy birthday, Joyce Carol Oates. Joyce, we know you're listening. And the thing is, Joyce is a, is a, a loose cannon, a wild card, so I would mm. absolutely not put it past her to just kind of be Googling around, Googling around on the internet and find this and be like... She's on the not? internet. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's, eight, so, she's 85. She's extremely online. She's 85 I mean, and she's on the internet. Good for her. I do think that in honor of Joyce Carol Oates, Carol Oates this week, we should be going by our three name names, Good. right? Like Love you've heard of mononyms, you've heard of like bot bionyms. Like we should be going by our trionyms. So I will be going by Joseph Harvey Holshue this week. Nick, you'll be going by Nick Acosta Argyris. You have some Jesus very Greek Christ. middle name, don't you? Yeah, no. And Joe will be introducing us all today. Uh huh. And I'm going to go by, by Ian Hobbits DeYoung. There it is. To help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Well, at, my name is Joseph Harvey Holshue, as I just established. I am a high school English teacher. And this week, if you are looking for a, the best book by Joyce Carol Oates, I brought a banger. I brought the book Blonde, written in 2000, um, finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, mm. finalist for the National Book Award, and Joyce Carol Oates her says that, herself says, my God, that out of the many, many, many books she's written, this is probably the one she's going to be remembered for. Oh, interesting. Uh, good, good, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, litheads all, and I guess... Also, Nick and Joe. This week, my name is Dr. Ian Hobbits DeYoung. Hobbits is my legal middle name. Uh, this is not my choice. It's been forced upon me by the fans. This week, uh, in honor of Joyce Carol Oates' birthday, I brought one of her minor works, a collection of short stories called Wild Nights. And I'm very excited to talk about it because it made me feel gross. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs> I think, it's so like, I used to be big into professional wrestling. And they always said in pro wrestling, the best villains are the ones that you legitimately hate. Like, mm -hmm. there, is, there is a skill to making people feel negative emotions. Yeah, like, right. oh gosh. And, and I think, I'm, I'm not saying that Oates is, like a, the is a villain, but like, she, she manages to make, oh boy, go off voice. <laughs> just like The Undertaker. No, The Undertaker's a good guy. They all have redemption arcs is the thing. But yeah, but you're talking about being a heel, right? Like, it's one thing to yeah, be a jerk, but right. it's another thing to be a heel. People right. love to hate you, or they hate to hate you. A heel? Yeah, that's that's the technical term. Guys, let's really not go into the pro wrestling, because that phase of my life is over. Wow. Um, Sounds like a podcast. You brought it up. <laughs> you brought it up. It was my example. It was my example, you see, of um, how it's, uh, it's effective. It, it's hard to make people feel negative emotions on purpose rowdy rodney piper that's that's a three-name wrestler roddy, roddy. piper no, rowdy, rowdy roddy piper <laughs> three-name wrestler 
Oh, dear God. Well, welcome, Leadheads. <laughs> you don't know that. Did I finish my point about wrestling? Oh, God, I guess. Uh, is it about book, wrestling, Ian? This book, <laughs> this book made me feel gross, but not like she messed up, but like she was trying to make me feel gross, and she succeeded. And it worked. It's oh. that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm impressed. Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> well, welcome, Leadheads. You don't know that. A week clear, as we call it, Strongly Podcast, where every week uh, we bring two book recommendations. Uh, Litheads, we've received several nice book recommendations lately from you. Please keep sending those in. Gentlemen, some rules. Don't spoil these books. Joe, limit the stories, although I did recently accidentally see a bot pl- botfly video. That has and nothing to do with me. It, I, didn't, I mean, I did well, send it to you. And... Well, no, it was, well, maybe it wasn't a botfly. I did recently see a video of a cow with a... Mm. Uh, uh, oh, assist, a bovine assist. assist. You saw uh, a that was being, and it was it just came right. into my feed mm-hmm. like just, it belonged just there. Oozes and oozes, and the problem with bovine cyst, uh, both in your feed and now, in real life, is they just don't heads, stop this is training. The this is why we have rule number corner. two. Litheads, just no bot fly stories, please. Rule number two and number three: only winning matters. Um, only winning matters. Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, okay, great. Joe, tell me what your book's about. Okay, so this book is a fictionalization of the life of Norma Jean. From her early years living with an increasingly unstable mother to her teen years in foster homes to her first marriage, her work in a munitions factory, and eventually her rise and, spoiler alert for the life of Marilyn Monroe, her ultimate destruction. At over nine. Hundred pages. Oh, wait, Lana was originally meant to be a novella, wow. but Joyce oh, got so caught up Joyce. that she couldn't stop there. It was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, finalist for the National Book Award, and as I said earlier, Oates thinks it's the book she'll be remembered for. That's really interesting. Um. Okay. Well, uh, Wikipedia says seven hundred and thirty-eight pages. Well, so, are I you a liar, Joe? Book, or so I, Joe got the big font. Joseph uh, Harvey. Joseph Harvey. Did you did you read the whole thing? I read, yeah, I I did read the whole thing. We've had we've had because of a quirk in our recording schedule, we've had about two weeks between episodes this time, wow. which does give me a, a chance to read more. Perfect. Um, hey, I never asked you. Does this uh, doing this show create marital issues for you guys? <laughs> Sorry, I can got to read. <laughs> I can answer that. Um, I record early in the morning before everyone else in my house is awake. That's how I avoid those issues. That's good. Yeah, it works good. well. And I avoid issues by not having children, which really frees wow. up a lot of You've my You've done avoided all the issues. <laughs> mm, <yep>. <laughs> and my wife's <laughs> excellent. We'd never have problems. No, of course not. Uh, Ian, what's your book about? The canon of great American writers has a lot of great lives lived, but even more memorable deaths. Edgar Allan Poe died okay. under mysterious circumstances. Twain faded out gradually, but beloved by all. Hemingway ended his own life in remote Idaho. My book this week reimagines those deaths, recasting great American deaths as fiction the way it would be written by their authors. I brought Wait, Wild Nights like by Joyce Carol Oates. Yes, yes, it is. Say it that is. last part again. You, the, It's written from the perspective of who? It's fiction as written by those authors. So like if the author wrote about their own death. Break it. Break it down significantly more. Uh, okay. Let's just, Ian, this sounds great. Joe, doesn't yes. this sound almost better than your book? Well, the problem with Joyce Carol Oates is it probably sounds horrifying. I think everything <laughs> she writes might be horrifying. 
these are these are short stories. They're disconnected, except for one kind of weird little common thread which shows up. Um, she published them separately and then collected them into into a short a short story because uh, a short okay. story collection because she realized, hey, I've been doing this a lot, and each of them. <laughs> She realized a lot about these dead guys. This is this is so she is such an incredible force of nature. I really want to talk about her a little bit. Um, but first, this the story collection. So these are great American authors. There are five stories in this, and they're longish short stories. They're they're close on Nevea length, each of them. Um, so she takes Edgar Allan Poe, Emily Dickinson, Mark Twain, Ernest Hemingway, and a guy that Nick, you probably haven't heard of. Joe, I don't know if you have called Henry James. Henry James. Hen- Henry James. Um, Henry James is uh, probably the least known of these, though he was in his time very well known. And she looks at, she kind of narrates their final days, the final days of their lives. Oh. But it's fiction. It's not history. Okay. It's built on history. It's built on their writings. It's built on sort of her sense of who they are. This is dark. Yeah, they all they all die. Well, kind of, except for one. I'll talk about that in a minute. But the the bonkers thing, the thing that kind of like still messes with me, is that she mimics their style. That's great. It's a great touch. So Poe, the the Poe story, mm-hmm. is written the way a Poe story would be written. It's kind of hard to understand. No, no, no. Well, um, l- no, lurid. It's like Lurid. a little cryptic, a little like... A little cryptic, long words, very sensationalized, very kind of like... Exclamation point. Era. Yes. yes. Hark. Capitaliz- like hark. Capitalization. Sometime. Yeah. Very gothic. Um, so the the way that it kind of appears on the page is Poe-esque. The, the way the story progresses is also very Poe-esque. So Poe's death, Poe's Poe's kind of uh, demise in his story is sensational. It's dramatic. It's so even like the the fiction it plays into the style. Yeah. So she's doing linguistic style and narrative style, a uh, creative style. And then you finish the post story and you're like, wow, that was messed up. And then she switches gears to a science fiction story about a robot Emily Dickinson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which Boy. is, of course, famously how Emily Dickinson died. Joe. This sounds nuts. Joe, it's been a while since you lost this early in the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, this sounds like... I, I feel like the origin story for this entire collection of short stories is she's teaching a class at whatever whatever she's a professor emeritus, whatever university she's a professor emeritus at, and she's like, hey, I've got a writing exercise for you guys. It does feel like a writing do exercise, yeah. You. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But you probably say that. done better than any student would. Do. <laughs> and by the way, this is what I wrote. So eat it, dorks! Right, yours sucks. And mine How you. advanced is Emily Dickinson's robotic technology? Is she beeping and booping, or is she like fully, no, like she's fully a, realized? She's a um, robot animatronic. Poet. She is. A, oh, it's fully animatronic. Mm, okay. Is she in the future? The thing, the one thing Does is, she like, looks like robot. the Pizza Hut characters or. <laughs> Nah, Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, no. Chuck E. Cheese, damn it. Um, <laughs> pizza Hut. You know, the famous Pizza Hut animatronics. <laughs> All I can think of is Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, if you like more weekly. references like that, weekly join us reference. every week. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
It does. It feels like so. Um, I'll, I'll answer your your specific robot question first, and then we'll get to the. I don't remember my question. Is she fully realized? Um. So, um, I would say uh, Oates is a, a pretty good at world building. So she manages pretty quickly to clarify that like this is a well the the robot the robot celebrity industry is a well established industry, and there are like clear rules governing it. Clear like govern like like federal laws about like. They can't be too human, and so on and so right. forth. First, she is, no she is, but she is a Please she is a. Don't f- tell us about federal laws anymore. <laughs> fully realized robot. She okay. can write poetry. Yeah. Um, because she's a, a poet robot. Um, but more broadly, like the idea that this is a, a writing exercise or a flex. Yes, yes, it feels like. Oats. Is this is. like an early career? No, this her? is recent. This was published in two thousand eight. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So it feels like, oh my God, she's well, eighty. Let, let's pause right here. Two thousand eight is fifteen years ago. So let's just yeah, okay. Oh yeah, careful absolutely. We throw around the word. No, recent, I know, but, but she's eighty-five. That means she she banged this out. I mean, obviously, it's not old. a math podcast, but yeah, no, somewhere no, around heaven her forbid. over sixty years old, she's um, writing like some fucking robot. I might say over seventy. Yeah, about I'll be right her, back. Uh, her I'll heroes. Back. This feels like a flex. This feels where, where she's like, what if what if I took history and rumor and uh, the the final works that these people published and kind of blended it all together and made it feels like a flex it feels like what yeah. what I've, I've done everything what else right. can i do and it also feels this is weird to explain she feel it feels desultory it feels like she sort of dashed it off and i don't mean this as a diss but she's such a master of language that this feels like an exercise for her. This yeah. doesn't feel, this doesn't read like a major, well, it, because of this, it doesn't read like a major work. I think she has works that kind of, she founds her sense of herself, her sense of her career, her legacy on like um, blonde. There's a book she wrote in the sixties, sixties, seventies called them, uh, which, which everyone cites as like one of the big oats books. Mm-hmm. It, it's also the other book that she says that that yep. like if I'm going to be remembered for a different one, it's that right. one. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because she's so she's those are major works. This yeah. feels like she had these stories. She's like, oh yes, they're, they're connected. I, I I did happen to do the same thing five times and publish well, them in McSweeney's. I, I, here's the book. Anyway, back to the yeah. more important work of writing. You know, a billion books and a billion short stories. Yeah, so one thing about Joyce Carol, she's really prolific. Like she, oh she my writes goodness. a ton. And Nick. you know, she does not, I learned this this week, she does not use her drafting. She doesn't yeah. use a typewriter or a, a, she writes longhand. Unreal. So something I saw her, some interview I came across with her kind of in the lead up to this week. And it, it reminded me so much of something that Stephen King said, who is another famous, like prolific, prolific writer of yeah. really long books. Is They both said, um, well, this is kind of my writing process. Like I write the whole thing. I get it to a spot where I'm like, okay, I have drafted it, right? Like I have drafted this 800 page book, this 900 page book. And as any writer knows, it is almost impossible to go back to the beginning at that point and edit it with an objective eye. Absolutely. It's the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. So what both of them do is they say, I take that novel, that 900 page manuscript, I throw it in the top drawer of my desk, right? And for the next month, 
I work on something else. I, and for Stephen King says, I work on novellas. Uh, Joyce Carol Oates says, I work on... Like, this mm, feels like kill the, the palate cleanser, kind of. Yeah, it feels like, oh, nice, let me write one of those, like, nice. wacky short stories, right? Let me write one of right. those robot Emily Dickinson stories and then go back to editing the thing I'll be remembered for. I don't know anything about Joyce Carol Oates. Do you guys... Mm. Tell me, yeah. who is she? I have a little bit. Any relation to John Oates? Great question. Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I'd like to send you guys in our t- in our um, our WhatsApp a chat. Ooh. This is why the thing that mo- Joyce Carol is most most famous for. Uh huh. Oh God! Why did you? Do oh this? my God! <laughs> it's a picture of uh, her foot, her rotting foot. Joyce Carol, I've never seen a foot that looks like this. She <laughs> is in desperate need for some. Medical care. Proper hiking shoes. Let yeah. This is an audio medium. Let me, let me narrate what's happening. Ivy. And um, back in, oh my goodness. This can't be in, what she's sev- most famous for. Several years ago, she tweeted a picture of her foot covered with yellowish and black blisters with the <sighs> caption, so important to wear proper hiking shoes. Never, ever walk in the woods in sandals. The instep of my left foot this morning. Poison ivy, poison oak. Must have stepped in something. And this this photograph is just disgusting. I use this as a way in to say... I use it to start my classes every morning. <laughs> Writing prompt. And they're all like, not again. <laughs> well, and, and Lidhead's like, I, what I fear you're imagining right now is like a normal looking foot with some blisters on it. If this was not accompanied by the text that she has written, I would not be able to identify this as a foot. Like I would think, I would think it was some sort of human appendage, but I wouldn't exactly be sure what. Yeah. It looks like skin, but from yeah, where? Yes. <laughs> Or what? Um, Oates is very online. So she's, as has been mentioned, 85. Her Twitter account, folks, is incredible. I strongly encourage you all to check it out. She is she has gotten in trouble because she tweets out things that could potentially be um, Islamophobic. She tweets out pictures of her foot. She talks about John McPhee, which is sure enough to get her canceled by Nick. Um, she she like She's 100% like, this is who I am. It's sort of like... You know, sometimes older folks lose their filter. They don't know how the, they don't know how technology works. But she that. does. No, but she yeah. does though. She's yeah. like good at it. She's good at it, and she's articulate. And so this is like an, an older person an without a filter, very articulate, and unlimited right. access to um, to uh, social media. It is like incredible. You do, you do wish you know these big authors who are high art, too good for. Marketing, you know, like yeah. talking, yeah, would be on Twitter more. <laughs> yeah, just, well, like, this of... is the thing. You wish that you would actually hear their 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 true feelings about you know whatever conflict or politics or uh, foot care, and she does, and yeah. she gives you everything, including including literally. Does this look infected to you? I love it. <laughs> so 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 Oates is Oates is um, Oates is very. Uh, she's kind of this this massive figure in American letters. Um, she has written so much. There was an inter- interview in the '70s where she was like, kind of joking around. She said, basically, a lot of folks say to say to me, "By this point in your career, your career is behind you. You have you've written enough to be a full career." Twenty years in, um, she's been around a long time. Longevity is a, is a big part of being uh, uh, respected. Um, she she has been doing working at a high level for for more than half a century. She's never won a Nobel Prize, and she is like routinely on on the watch lists for that yeah. because you can't win it when you're dead. 
Yeah, and yeah. it's really not clear if she's going to win it. Um, she, she's, got, she's got a lot of tweeting in front of her. You know, like I feel like these old people, if they have something to live yeah. for, they tend to keep living. The tweeting could keep her young. You I know? could. Um, Elon Musk might kill Joyce, Taylor, Joyce Carol Oates. Like if Twitter really does just disappear oh, from the face of the what planet, if they're connected? it might be the end of Joyce, Joyce what Carol What if they're Oates. connected? This is a really good segue to my bird of the week. Um, <laughs> in, honor, in honor of Edgar Allan Poe, who shows up in the first um in the first story, I, I get the sense that you might guys might be thinking that the only bonkers story in this is um, the Emily Dickinson. It's not. Uh, in the first story, Edgar Allan Poe or an Edgar Allan Poe stand-in, I'm going to say this one time and I'm not going to say it again, impregnates a cryptid at the end. Impreg- What's a, a cryptid? Like a Bigfoot? A or like a Loch Ness Monster? Yeah. Is that like a yeah. costed? No. Uh, no, it's not like a costed. A Loch Ness are- Monster? How did you guess crypt- that, Joe? Cryptids oh, are... What a- a yeah, cryptids are cryptids are, are beasts that is this that one are, word or are you saying a cryptid? Two words. A, a, a article. Cryptid. A article. Yes. Second word. Cryptid. 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 And this I'll is put it, a, put it in a the fish chat. type creature. Possibly. Uh, this Possibly. the the one that the, the cryptid that he impregnates has a, has one eye and uh is is furry, is fuzzy. Okay. It's so is oh. a bass a cryptid? <laughs> No. Okay. See, I really didn't expect this to be the part of the the, the <laughs> sentence that I said that would really in, invite uh, speculation and concern. But here we are. Okay. Um, well, so, uh, those are bigger. Still not. Still, still I not really working. love this. So, okay, so I really love this because sometimes when you like want students to understand something, like a really classic way to make them understand something is just by showing them a bunch of examples of it and being like. These are all cryptids. What do they have in common? And you would show them like a Loch Ness monster and a Bigfoot Mothman. and a Copybara. Seeing... Wait, Copybaras yeah. are real. No, what am I no, thinking? they're Chupacabra. I'm seeing li- when I Google this, I see just a list of real animals. <laughs> <laughs> but in Nick's exist. world, that slideshow is just a series of fish. There's a bass. Here's a sturgeon. Anyway, um, back to back to bird of the week. So. Um, you suggest that, twi- that Twitter is keeping Oates alive. The bird of the week uh, is the ravens of the Tower of London. So the Tower of London is this famous uh, castle-y thing in London, um, which has been around for a long, long time. There the were city. people imprisoned there. and, and um, Yeah, not London, Ontario. London, England. So um, oh, the, right. there are back in the day when ravens were common across um, Great Britain, ravens just lived there. But they were exterminated in uh, the wild because farmers thought they ate their cattle. They ate the cow's eyes specifically. Oh, wow. God. Did they? I don't believe they did. I believe this was... Do ravens eat eyes? Because I did recently see a video of a raven attacking a woman going after the eyes. Ravens are scavengers, so they would not necessarily eat the eye. That's not really the point here. The point is, <laughs> the point is that the this kind of myth grew up that... There had to be ravens at the Tower of London or the British crown would fall. And oh. if the ravens survive, the crown survives. And if the ravens are lost, the crown is okay. lost. But the crown's not looking great lately, though, right? Well, like, I mean, we have, we have not many, many ravens, ravens at the crown. I think it's not like, it's not like the crown. No, it, I guess it is. Like, 
It's it's a guarantee. Are you saying that that there's currently ravens living in ravens living in the tower? Are people like taking care of these ravens? Yeah. So there is actually a there is a, a raven master whose sole job it is to take care of the ravens. And this like like he's paid for by the crown. Yeah, absolutely, one thousand percent. That's a good and use of money. These ravens eat. <laughs> I would say, in terms of the quality of the meat that they're consuming, I would say it's equivalent in some ways to uh, a modern a modern middle class family. Um, right. They get really really good meat. They also do get the, the the raven the raven the raven's keeper um, the raven keeper <laughs> wagyu eyeball did. Have, <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's the fat. The funniest thing about this to me is that this seems like one of those one of those um, ancient British prophecies, ancient British traditions. But we have no historical evidence about this existing, this tradition existing, or ravens being artificially kept at the tower before 1880. So um, it is possible there were ravens in the tower before then, but not likely, not necessarily likely. Joe, what's your book about? Oh my God! What's the name of your book? My the name of my book is Blonde, B L O N D E, which the E is how you know it's about a woman and not a blonde male. Is that really? Is that I don't that know to? about it's, that. Yeah, it's it's it's. I've gotten in big fights with my mom about this <laughs> because I insisted that thing that you said, and my mom's like, "No, that's not true. That's why." Okay, not, my, why would this? Well, you've seen it typed it both says ways. Dictionary.com says E makes it feminine. Yeah. Well, there it is. Tell, mother, tell your mom if you're listening. Via dictionary. Mother, if you're listening, dictionary.com is on my side. Why would this be controversial? Isn't this just like a, a fact about language? Not everyone knows language the way dictionary.com knows language. <laughs> Do you think we could be sponsored by dictionary.com? Is this as trustworthy as wikipedia.com? This, this is dictionary.com. Or maybe we could get sponsored by thesaurus.com and then have to like spin out every third or fourth word like students do in essays. We're love you know, it. really Cryptid. love it. Cryptid, for example. <laughs> so Nick, my book is about the life of Norma Jean Mortensen. Um, you probably know her by her stage name, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, and it's a book about her entire life. It starts when she is a little, little girl, like probably three or four years I old. I born. And it ends when she is, well, like when, when she dies by overdosing on barbiturates. Yeah, Wait, she dies? She dies in this one? She is, yeah, she's oh, dead in this book and she is man. dead in real life. If you die in the book, you die in real life. So what, what style of book is this? This is a fictionalized... Okay. This is, Ian is talking about like... It is fiction, right? It is fiction. It is fake fiction, which is actually incredibly important to know because like... It is, like Ian's book, like based on the life of a real person with tons of real biographical moments throughout mm-hmm. this book. It is, however, 100% fictionalized. It is Got it. plausible, but it is, um, like there's no cryptids in this. There's okay. no robots Any rub- in this. Nope, nope. no mm-hmm. robots in this. Um, but. But, but. So it is 100%. But, <laughs> um, there's mostly... There's a lot of like misogyny in it, which yeah, right. yeah. Is this the source material for the the recent yes. um, Marilyn Monroe biopic? Yeah, the recent Marilyn. It's been adapted a couple of times. Most recently panned. as a Netflix Ugh. series starring uh, Anna Dermas. Anna Dermas. Yeah. yeah, this is really interesting because one of the reasons people hated that that Anna Dermas um, biopic three name person. 
I don't think. Yeah, I think it counts. No, it counts. no, 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 no. Yeah, by that token, okay, 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 okay. By that back, token, Ian D. Young is a three name anyway. Um, uh, I think one of the reasons people hated it was because it was like, like the the way it sort of fictionalized and played fast and loose with and. Mm, I'm gonna have to go with Joe on this one. It is three separate words, no mm. hyphens or nothing. Okay, but people, I don't people, know my dictionary.com, so maybe people panned the movie is... because of its the way it dealt with history and it, its supposed misrepresentations of history. But if it's ad- adapting a fictionalized version, yes. then that's it's myth. It's all mythology. I think people didn't like it because she's a bad actress. <laughs> <laughs> when people pan this book, they have the same complaint. Right. They, they say, OK, look, I'm a big Marilyn Monroe fan. These people say they're like, I know everything there is to know about Marilyn Monroe. And some of this feels made up. Right. Yeah. Like you don't know what that conversation actually looked like. You don't know what the dynamics of that relationship actually were. Like none of us know. So how dare you, Joyce Carol Oates? And then Joyce when did Carol this Oates come says, out, Joe? The year 2000. So this book's been kicking around for okay. quite a while. Yeah. Um, Joyce Carol Oates is a name. This is the first thing I've ever read by her. The only thing I had about her before this, like the only kind of file card for Joyce Carol Oates that I had before this is when I was in my senior year, I was doing my senior thesis at at school and my thesis advisor gave me a reading list, right? It was just like this two page document of here's a bunch of worthwhile novels that you could possibly read. And that is the first time I ever saw the name Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. I don't know what the book was on it. That list is lost to time, but it's one of those kind of treasure maps that you wish you had back in some ways. Um, I don't know what the what the book was, but I graduated college in 2007. This book was a National Book Award finalist and a Pulitzer Prize finalist in 2000. I kind of think it might have been this book that was on that list. Interesting. So, I'm so confused about this book. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I can answer all your questions. I also have a game. Yes. Oh, ooh, questions yeah. in a game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who is this book for? So it's not mm. an educational like uh, understanding of her life. Is this for somebody who's like, I know everything about Marilyn Monroe. What what else can I get out of this story? Or is this completely doesn't even matter that it's Marilyn Monroe? And this yep. is like a story about uh, a woman or something. I came into this book only understanding Marilyn Monroe as a cultural figure. Right, like I, I think of her standing over the sewer grate, like I the think brand. Of, I, I, th- I came into this book thinking of Marilyn Monroe, the the brand. This book is not about Marilyn Monroe. This book is about Norma Jean. Okay. Right? This book is about like the person behind Marilyn yeah, Monroe, and that sounds yeah. like trite. That sounds like like a little it bit does, of wordplay, but but they are totally separate things in this book. Like this is the story of Norma Jean, who is like a thoughtful charismatic, intelligent, curious, whimsical young lady throughout this entire book who comes up against time after time after time a very, very, very hard world that wants to commodify her. Right? That, like, that is like the story, like the tragedy that happens over and over and over mm-hmm. again in this book. We have Norma Jean. We love Norma Jean. We do. Norma Jean meets a boy, right? Uh-oh. Who trouble uses Norma Jean in some way. 
Yeah. Right. Whether yeah. that is the rhythm. Yeah, whether that is to make a bunch of money off of Norma Jean, whether that is like to sexualize her overtly, whether that's her first husband who like um she marries when she's fifteen years old. Marries her first husband when she's fifteen years and old. And that's real? Who, that's that's real. Wow. Who takes a bunch of like bedroom pictures of Norma Jean and then like goes to work and passes them out to all of his buddies and everybody like high fives each other. It's, it is that story over and over and over and Uh, over again in this book. So are the broad strokes true and, and the details are lost a, a bit? So from what I understand of this book, this is, I am not, I'm not a Marilyn Monroe, a file, a Marilyn Monroe head here. Right? A row head. Oh, a row head. What I understand, also fans of caviar. Um, uh-huh. Or a Jean baby is the other one that's very popular. <laughs> what I understand of this book is the broad biographical beats are accurate, right? Like, like Joe DiMaggio is a character in this book. Arthur Miller is a character in this book. John F. Kennedy is a character Gotta in this be, book, right? right? Like, like those people are all in this book. They happen in the order that they happened in, right? Like we have moments that you recognize. We have happy birthday, Mr. President is in this book, right? Like oh, those, all the hits, all the greatest <laughs> hits, the stuff in between is filled in the stuff in between, like the bio- biographical yeah. Norma Jean stuff is the, 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 the fake fiction and a lie and a lie. So there is some lying in it. Interesting, Joe. Mm-hmm. Ian, this is you look perplexed. Not perplexed. This is, this is really interesting because this is a genre. You've talked, Joe, about the nonfiction, no- a frustrating genre. You've talked about the nonfiction novel that Truman Capote does. Yeah. This is, seems like the, the the reverse. This is sort of the fictionalized biography, and this, this reminds me of of um, some documentaries where you know, interspersed with the the Ken Burns pan over the mm. the still photographs you've got reenactments yeah. like fictionalized reimaginations yeah. and it's like you got you got to fill in these interstices somehow it's also by the way this is not about my book i know this is your time it's fascinating that she's both of our books are doing the same thing yeah i mean like the exact like, same thing she's like hey history right history that you all know let us take it and turn it a quarter turn so that it appears different to you and that makes yeah. it fresh Less boring. Well, um, Joe, Joe, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Joseph, Joseph Harvey. Harvey. Okay, thank you. I actually didn't have a question ready. Um, <laughs> well, that brings us to our game today. Okay, then, great. As long as we're on the subject <laughs> of three names. <laughs> this game, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I don't oh, think boy. you got... I don't think you guys care as much about the three name thing as I do. I don't. Jo- sense oh, the same you've been really pushing it, laying groundwork here. Mm-hmm. Ah, good. Um, you've heard of mononyms, Madonna, Beyonce. You've heard mm. of bionyms like Joseph Holzer. <laughs> That's what I call people's names. Yep, classic um, one, iconic. Really, this game is called Trianonyms. Trianonyms. I don't know. I have a list here of a bunch of people who you only know by their three name name, right? So these are all people with three name names. I am going to give you a brief biography of that person, like a three or four word biography of this person. I think you're going to be good at it. This a brief biography of that person. I'm also going to give you their three initials and you guys have to buzz in and give them a person. So if, for example, I said, 
I said, incredibly famous novelist who posts her feet on Twitter, JCO, you would buzz in. Beep, 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 beep. Menomina. <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> oh, ooh, you oh, would, and then very, in that case, you would, oh, you no. would lose. Then you would lose, and I would win, Same. Ian. Yes. Okay. Two, two. So, questions about the rules? No, I think you can just jump in, Joe. All right. Six, sixth president of the United States, JQA. <laughs> Ian. John Quincy. Adams. Point to Ian. A, a try point to Ian. Uh, author of Little Women, former You Don't Know Lit Champ. Ian. Jesus Christ. Louisa May Alcott. <laughs> Louisa May Alcott. Thank I like you. this game a lot. Inventor of the telephone. Uh, AGB. <laughs> Ian. Alexander Graham Bell. Okay. But we're in the, I'm going to get my coffee. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, this man had his penis cut off by his wife, <laughs> JWB. <laughs> JWB? Oh. Buzz Buzz. Buzz Buzz. Nick. John Wilkes Booth. Ooh, we're looking for John Wayne Bobbitt. John Wayne Bobbitt, a famous castration I thought it might have been Booth. From- <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't prowl a famous castration on Wikipedia. Wow. So it's, I, a, it's a deep You've page. stumbled onto my specialty, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this is the killer wow. of President Lincoln. Jumped out of the balcony and broke his leg. JWB. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like Wait. we should give it. it yeah, we should give this in this. Nick. Nick, I didn't say this. anything. I was uh, itching my face. <laughs> okay. I, well, Ian. Did you say GWB? I said JWB. John Wilkes Booth. This is John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. Um, this is the first shooter of JFK from the book depository, LHO. <laughs> Ian. Lee Harvey Oswald. This is Lee Harvey Oswald. Nick, do you, are you, do you understand the rules of the game, Nick? Are Drinking you? my coffee. Um. <laughs> uh, this person lost to Donald Trump, HRC. Ian. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton. This guy directed The Godfather and is the uncle of Nick Cage, FFC. Buzz, buzz. Thank oh. you. Francis Ford Coppola? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, this oh. guy has an achy, breaky heart, BRC. Ah. Uh, don't tell his heart, his achy, breaky heart. No, I got the reference. BRC. I just don't remember his name. Sing the full song, Joe. Mm, his <laughs> daughter is a famous pop star who came in like a wrecking ball. Oh, uh, Buzz oh. Buzz. Uh, no. Um, no. What, what are the initials again? Buzz BRC. Buzz? BRC. Oh, shit. <laughs> can I steal? Can I steal? <laughs> yes, I you can steal. Billy Ray Cyrus. Damn it. Love it. The <laughs> first, first female name. justice of the Supreme Court died yesterday as we are recording this. Oh. S-D-O. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. Sandra Day O'Connor. But I would, I would quibble that this is actually four names. Ooh. San- oh, because the O. <laughs> They're connected. O'Connor. This, this has been an absolute bloodbath. Nick, thank you for trying. Um, other ones that we have, we have invited. I've enjoyed this quite a bit. George Washington Carver. We have um, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle. We have Sherlock the former Holmes. Laker. No, I was going to say. Yeah, sorry. No, he meant Arthur the former Laker, perfecter of the Skyhook, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, female tennis player, Billie Jean King. Um, I don't know what John Cooker Mellencamp does. I don't have a clue for He's him. He's a Is singer. He just, like yeah, for, he's a singer. Yeah, you don't know okay. who John Cougar Mellencamp is. I will. Okay, I I under. If you, you don't know who John, John Cougar Mellencamp, Mellencamp is. I would flip around that file card and it would say singer. If you asked me, singer of what, I would have no hurt idea. so good. Oh yeah, come this on, is baby. crazy, Joe. He's Make it hurt. Iconic so good. songs of your time. Um, the recipient of white knighting at the Oscars with the slap is, of course, uh, what Jada. Jada Pinkett Smith. Smith. Yes. And uh, the real name of Mark Twain, 
Um, Samuel Langhorn Clemens. Samuel Langhorn Clemens. So, um, Nick, next time I'll write a game, I'll try to keep your competencies in mind. Uh, try to, <laughs> like, maybe just a little bit more movies, Joe? Yeah. Or yeah, pop you, culture? You came up with Francis Ford Coppola really quick. Yeah, I That's didn't right. That. More where that came from. All right. So, this book, I mean, did you like it's it, Joe? 900 pages long. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Well, you sent me a, you sent me a really interesting text this week that I, I want to talk about yeah. because so you didn't a, send that to the group the group chat. I want you to, to defend yourself, Joe. Mm-hmm. I had a complicated relationship with this book. I'm looking into my text messages, and earlier this week, I sent Ian. Did he did he finish it, Ian? The yes, yes, he did. I sent Ian. I hate reading this book. And I love reading this book and it's so fucking good and I can't stop reading it. And it is also dismal. Its worldview is absolutely dismal, period. Mm. And then Ian sent me a text that said, Edgar Allan Poe has fathered an offspring with a one-eyed carnivorous monster beast. <laughs> Cryptid. <laughs> Which so, I did not respond to. I'm sorry, Ian. I did No, that's fine. Text, I, I, I understood you were kind of speechless. <laughs> So this book, um, boy, we talked about it with um, the Nevada episode, that wonderful book yeah, of short stories yes, that I read by the yeah. author. Um, Claire v. Watkins, Battleborn. Watkins, famous three-name Another three-name, yes. Yes, thank you. We talked about it with this where I loved each one of those stories of that book, but it also felt so dangerous and so dismal. Mm-hmm. Like in this book, in the book Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates, Good things don't happen to Norma Jean, right? Like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happens to Norma Jean. She is, however, gripping and mm. delightful. And yeah. you you like fall in love with her as a reader. Like you have a crush on Norma Jean when you read this book and you only want good things for her. Why? Just because right. she's nice and charming and... Well, and like innocent, yeah, exactly. She's nice, but this is Oates' power, right? Oates can say, "Hey, this person that you thought of only as the brand, only as the sex symbol, guess Mm -hmm. what? She's a person that you don't have to objectify. A person you can feel weird about the objectification of, in Mm -hmm. fact, and a human being who you can feel affection for. Yeah, Um, and you do feel affection. It's it's, it's, it's a different kind of flex, right? It's like this person who has been only the body, only Mm -hmm. the brand. What if says Oates? What if I can flip that? What if I can make you?" Not think about her body, um, not think about her brand, think about her as a person. What if beautiful women were people too? Right? Like, that's kind of the question. What if beautiful women were Asking people Asking such bold questions. <laughs> Joe, this wasn't the first kind of book to do that, though, was it? I mean, there has certainly been other books covering her, kind of the, the tragic story, so to speak, of Marilyn Monroe. So, so often, I think, the, like the power of literature, like the power of a great movie, the power, this is the of, power, of, the power of fiction of right book. now. Is is its ability for you to empathize, and I always think there's a difference between intellectually understanding something Absolutely. and feeling something in your heart, feeling something in your between gut. knowing and knowing and believing. Like you can know she had a bad life. Well, this is the difference between fiction and nonfiction. You use your imagination in fiction. You can imagine larger topics. That's maybe not a terrible distinction, but I think it really humanizes. But but I identify like there's there's identification with it too. There's also like. Not only I can imagine it, but I can, to some extent, see in her humanity, my humanity. Like it's that, getting that. Yep. a little for me around here. <laughs> a little capital <laughs> literature, yeah. Okay. Let's ease up here and make a, 
make a cryptid joke real quick. Mm. All right. So great. Yeah. So I, I really loved this book. It was long, but it was a book that I loved hanging out in. It, it's a yeah. thing that I think about with books sometimes. I think books are often really hard to start. Right, like books are, it's hard oh, to get yeah. into the world. You have to get in, like it's nine hundred pages. It's like really just yeah. feels like you got to find the voice. But it was a book that once I had found that voice, I really looked forward to sitting down after dinner by the fireplace and just like hanging out with Norma Jean for fifty or sixty pages. Right, like really just like spending time in that world. Um, I knew bad things were coming all the time. Like I knew it would just be another instance of lovely Norma Jean running up against like the total consumption of her and commodification of her. But it also was like kind of great, like kind of a great book and kind of, and actually kind of voyeuristic, right? Like kind of like voyeuristic in the same way. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany's. Tell me all the shitty things now. Uh, Joe, tell me, did you anything you didn't like about this book? Okay. I knew really very little about Marilyn Monroe and Norma Jean before I read right. this book. Many topics. Because it's a fake fiction and a lie, it, mm. it, mm-hmm. it also... Okay, having read 900 pages about her, I don't feel like I have to learn anything else about her. Like, I feel like the Norma Jean part of my life is now over. But I also am not totally sure of how much what it is you like, know. accurate. Like, what do <laughs> yes. I actually know? You're going to go in and spout accidentally <laughs> like fictional things. Um, the, uh, Ian, <laughs> this book is Big very cryptid. impressive, very riveting, but these are horrible. With one exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one and a half exceptions. These are horrible people. Um, it made me think. Well, they're worse. authors, Ian. Of yeah. course, oh, they're no, horrible. I know, <laughs> I know. She's puncturing the myth, but like, I like my myth, and this yeah. made this this punctured my myth. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. boy, I don't know. I think you had me at robotic. Uh, yeah, robot, robotic robot author Emily Dickinson. Yep. Robot Emily yeah. Dip- Dickinson makes a lot of sense. Joe, these books. The book sounds excellent, but yeah, I good. couldn't. I don't. Possibly. These books are. I, <laughs> I just these books. I can't get past them. I can't read these books and not constantly be thinking about is this true or is What's this accurate? Not true? What's not to yes. a fault. Yes. To a fault yes. where like I can't turn that part of my brain off. And this is across any book like this. I just. Uh, I just hate it so much, Joe, and I hate you. So you lose this week. <laughs> Congratulations, hey, Ian. That's a very, you are just and wise. Um, well, Redheads, we <laughs> we love you, Redheads. We don't hate you. We love you. We love um, you. All right. Redheads, we've had, we've had recommendations flowing into the inbox recently. If you want to get your name on that list, head on over to You Don't Know Lit Podcast. No, head on over to tweenvogue.com. Everybody knows about it. Head on over to tweenvogue.com. Suggest a book you love. Suggest an author you love. All right. So I'm going to read... Um. Uh. Dickinson in, in the Dickinson story, Robot Dickinson. Um, Read us a quote story. about how she's putting applying oil to her, her joints. No. Oil can. No. Oil uh, makes not me do that. full. Uh, there is a there is a remote control for the Emily Dickinson robot. I just want to throw that out there. Um, is that a Christmas the, gift somebody can buy me? <laughs> the the uh, the name the name for the Emily Dickinson ro- robot and the name the title of the story is E Dickinson Replilux. Oh, it's just very French very futuristic. Um, so uh, the the Dickinson uh, in the Dickinson story, 
they go shopping for a robot. They don't know they want Dickinson, and they kind of happen upon Dickinson by accident. Um, and the, Yo, the, the, the salesman is like, Dickinson, nobody knows Dickinson. So I'm going to use my victory quote this week to read one of my favorite Dickinson poems, which is gives the title to this collection. The, the book is called Wild Nights, and it's named after one of Emily Dickinson's more uh, impassioned You say uh, wired nights? Wired nights. Wild, um, wild nights. Dickinson's poems did not have titles because most of them she didn't publish. They're discovered in her papers after her death. Um, so the, the title, the title <laughs> of this from is from her private library. I mean, yeah, she was like We've she talked was not about this. Yeah, All right, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry um, the, the title of this poem is "Wild Nights." That's the first line. Wild nights, wild nights. Were I with thee, wild nights should be our luxury. Futile the winds. To a heart in port, done with the compass, done with the chart, rowing in Eden, ah, the sea, might I but moor tonight in thee.